It's my mission to empower you to change your life for the better. This week, I've got examples of how people have done just that in 2022. These are inspiring, motivating, challenging, and we're gonna start off by talking about Dawn. Now, Dawn was a stay-at-home mother. She's got a three-year-old son, and suddenly her husband died at the beginning of the year. She had no savings, she was unemployed, and she needed solutions fast. Now, she started from the bottom and she's been clawing her way through career opportunities and putting every dollar to work that she makes to achieve these short-term and long-term goals. Now she has benefits at her new job, like healthcare for her and her son, retirement benefits that she never thought she'd be able to build up for her future, and of course, term life insurance so that none of her loved ones are put in the same position that she was in. Money arguments are the second leading cause of divorce behind infidelity. Josie and Ben were a new couple and they were arguing a lot about money. Ben had a bankruptcy in his past and didn't talk a lot about what was going on. Ben is fiercely independent and kept all his financial and personal struggles to himself, like buried them deep down inside. They spent all year in coaching, building up a language together, and also counseling for their relationship. And with this shared tools and common language, they're ready to move from fighting against each other to fighting together towards their goals. Hank, an older gentleman, has always had the same goal. He's always wanted to make six figures in one year at his job. And it's been 10 years and he's always come up short. And so this year he set his sights higher. Instead of a $100,000 goal, he said, I'm gonna shoot for a million and I'm gonna change what it looks like to try, instead of getting to 100,000, I'm gonna have to try different things to get to a million and nothing else has changed. He's, uh, his mindset, his attitude has affected his behaviors to try to get to seven figures instead of six. And this year he's gonna land over $180,000 in his commission income. And now that's double his record. It's time for you to raise the bar and learn from Hank's success. Now share this with someone who you think can continue to raise the bar and achieve beyond their wildest dreams next year in 2023. You're not going to manifest a fortune. When you seek out money success online, you find all these stories of people saying, well, I've got this mantra and I just convinced myself that I'm going to be wealthy this year and every morning and it just magically happened. And now I became a dentist, opened up a practice, and I'm the best in my field. And all before, you know, I turned 30. That's just BS. It takes hard work to get there and you're not accidentally going to fall into some career. It's gonna take effort and persistence and patience and it's gonna take courage. Now, to jumpstart you on your path, go ahead and download our ebook by signing up for our newsletter. It's gonna give you five simple steps from financial distress to financial success. Another couple got married 10 years ago merged their family finances together, including all of their kids, and over time they've accumulated $250,000 in credit card debt. Just, you know, $1 at a time with their lifestyle creep and with having so many kids and not expecting their uh, income to be such a shortfall for all their growing expenses. Now, feeling that they were at the end of their rope, they filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and unfortunately, 
it didn't solve their problem and their debt just started to rebuild again. After their debt reaccumulated, they needed a full reset. So this year, starting at the beginning of the year, they committed, they took some classes together, they got some coaching together as a family, and now they're on the same page and have a shared language when they talk about their money. They're on track to retire someday instead of being behind. Getting on the same page with your spouse is often a challenge. Now, if you're like me, you're a financial nerd, and some of us are more free spirits, like my wife. Knowing yourself and your tendencies are going to be helpful to meet in the middle and to work on this money game together. Our routine is to have a monthly budget meeting, and I bring the numbers and she brings the snacks talking openly about our monthly spending and our goals in mind, it strengthens our relationship and it's, it's month after month. It's just kind of slowly building one after another and we just get better at it. Like, subscribe, and comment on whether you're the financial nerd or you're the free spirit in your relationship. As you start this new year, I'm here for you. Forget your new year's resolutions about working out more, sleeping more, reading more. Those are all great, but do those resolutions ever pan out? What you need are SMART goals. Those are simple, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Welcome back, Money Fam. Who says a nurse can't drive a Lamborghini? I'm gonna watch as we unpack this person's life and experience in this video here. I mean, he's got his toys. I mean, I'm seeing a, you know, a bike, a car, a nice garage. I mean, a guy knows what he likes. I'm interested in see how much he makes. You know, I'm in the numbers. My name is uh, Eric. Yep. And I uh, race cars now. <laughs> I'm a registered nurse. This okay. is what uh, we buy. Yeah. As a registered nurse. <laughs> he's got a couple cars. I saw the Mercedes in there. I mean, is that his? daily driver I don't know and so you know I, I you can tell with the way a guy takes care of his garage where do you work I work over at Tesla and uh, for a Sutter oh okay so you're a registered nurse but with Tesla I didn't even know you know what is Tesla tech company in reality I didn't know companies like that had nurses on staff yeah you know, a lot of people spend time at the desk, you know, talking amongst other yeah. nurses. I actually spend a lot of time talking to the patient, you know, getting to know the patients. And a lot of them are going through a lot of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad his, his heart's in it. I just don't know what kind of patients. It's interesting that they got one on staff. I want to know, I just want to know more about his day-to-day -day job. Well, I share my story of how I went through my trauma and it gets them through uh, what they got to go through. I like that. I mean, his heart's in it. He sounds like a great nurse, you know, and I'm, he's got to be, they got to be paying him like very well for living that kind of lifestyle. So how much do you get paid working at Sutter? Hourly, I make about 120. And are you staff or are you per diem? Per diem. Per diem, hourly, 120 does math. How can he, how can he afford the houses and the cars? Yeah. And typically, how many hours a week are you working between both Sutter and Tesla? For the pay period, I'll average 80 hours at both facilities. Okay, 80 hours for, per pay period. I mean, we're talking, if he, you know, I assume he's getting 
getting paid. I mean, he's doing 80 hours a week or 40 hours a week. That's interesting. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, how much are you earning per year working at both of these places? I'll probably do close to 500000 Per week, for sure, if that's the situation. I mean, okay, so this guy's making half a mil, taking it home, and he's clearly, he's, he doesn't have kids. I'll tell you that much for sure. Do you ever feel exhausted working all those hours? No, I just actually, you know, I just pulled a 16 yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be. I mean, you're working eight hours a week. So, you know, pulling 16s. I mean, I know people in the medical field, they work nights, they work weekends. It's, it's a grind, but they get, you got to love it. It all fluctuates on how much I actually spend. Yeah. But so I spend anywhere from fifteen mm -hmm. to $20,000. Okay. A month. Wait a second. Fifteen to 20000 a month. He's taking home half a million. He's got some kind of side income on this. And yeah. how much is your car payment on this Lamborghini? It's, it's not that much. It's think just over 4000 this guy's guy's living to spend he's got to be spending a hundred percent and that car payment alone that's a that's such a big chunk of his take-home pay each month and you do have two houses that you're staying in right yeah. you have one in san diego and you have one in union city yeah why are you living in two different places i grew up in the bay area then i went to school down in san diego so i love both places yeah i love i love both of those places as well but I mean, the real estate in that area is so expensive. To own one place is one thing, but two, it's like, geez, Louise. The only thing is it's hard because you have to like buy two of everything. That's why I have two motorcycles, I have multiple cars. I mean, you don't have to. That's, uh, that's always the interesting thing when people are like, I've got to have two motorcycles because I've, I've got two houses. I'm like, have to is such a moving target for you. So you have two houses, right? Do you pay mortgage on both of these houses? Or does your girlfriend pay the mortgage on the other house? Yeah, she pays the mortgage up there oh, cool. and I pay the mortgage down Okay. There. So and it kind of... Yeah. Oh, so you don't have two houses. You Your girlfriend has a house, lives in a different, you know, zip code than you do. And, you know, okay, you, I see. How much do you pay per month on this house here in San Diego? It's kind of expensive. The reason by, because I pay everything into escrow, mm -hmm. so it totals out to be 5000 bucks a month. 5000 a month? Okay. I mean, you know, given the, the area that you're in, regardless of the square footage, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it is what it is. It's an expensive place to live. So mine is probably down here, it's like 1.6. Jeez, dude. And then... Up there is like close to 1.8. It was almost yeah. 2 million at one point yeah. in time, but right now the you know inflation so, is bringing everything down. Oh, for sure. Man, I I would love to know the net effect of inflation on all of his luxury homes and cars and bikes and who knows what else he has. It's bringing it down. So how much do you spend on your utility? Not that much because I have solar. So before solar, um, about 800 bucks a month, 900 bucks a month. 800 and 900 bucks a month on utilities. I mean, I know that utilities aren't that expensive there, and if he's living basically, he lives there half the time and he doesn't have kids, wow. Okay. So, post solar, yeah. I think it breaks even almost. Yeah. Like one month I got $1,100 back at the end of the year. Yeah. And then uh, I think last year, I had some roommates that just wasted a lot of electricity, so I ended up paying uh, 500 bucks oh, for the right. whole year. Yeah. I'm distracted by the car, but I'm just thinking about his utility bills. How is his solar breaking even? God, sunny California, that's such a game changer. You know, why wouldn't you have solar panels? 
my Mercedes is yeah. not that much. It's like 900 bucks. Okay. Um, my Tesla is not that much. It's like just under 2000. 900 bucks, just under 2000. God, these, the financing alone is just adding up. All these car payments is such a huge chunk of his, his income. Is my Range Rover. It's a 2016 Range oh, Rover Sport. Yeah. But I sold it. I didn't really sell it. <laughs> sold it or you didn't sell it. This is this is interesting. I mean, I, I'm losing track of all the cars. You've got the Tesla, the Range Rover, the Mercedes, Lamborghini. That's got to be it, right? Kind of sold it to uh, <laughs> my uh, one of my best friends. Okay. So, and it, basically our agreement is that he just paid makes the payment on it oh gotcha but it's still under my name yeah because i have a good interest rate on it so i see there's no reason for it yeah. don't do that well first of all fraud alert you know that's a red flag but also the liability alone i just don't do that just just own a car don't own a car sell it or don't and uh, for people who are out of the loop what kind of what accident are you talking about i was hit by a car going about 50 miles an hour it actually you know killed uh my fiance at the time, and then uh, almost killed me. They actually, I died and then came back, so. I saw a lacerated liver. God, this guy's been through it. I mean, what an inspiring story. His heart is in the nursing, and I understand why now. It's just, his finances are crazy. That's why I, you know, live uh, a different lifestyle now than I did before the accident. I think I was lazy before the accident. So now, <laughs> after the accident, I'm not lazy anymore. 10 out of 10, I mean, I don't think anyone has the right to call you lazy by any stretch, but at the same time, I mean, it's like you're definitely like work, living to work instead of working to live. And um, do you ever feel like sometimes you're working just to pay off bills? Do you ever feel like that? No. No? I mean, I could pay it off now. Yeah. I just, it's, you know, I, I work just because I love working. Maybe there's like a huge chunk of cash this guy's sitting on to be able to pay off all the debts that he has. It's just interesting. I find it fascinating that he could pay off all the debts that he has, but chooses not to and is willing to continue to work and have all of that cash coming in go towards just the financing of this lifestyle. It's impressive. It's not for me. It's not for most people. And I don't want to yuck his yum. I mean, you know, go for it. But is it sustainable? Is this something where he may be digging himself a financial hole if something else were to go awry? Could he be living in a way that, you know, leaves uh, some of his loved ones in a lurch? It's possible. But I mean, overall, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see someone who is living a lifestyle that's, you know, it's got the cars and the bikes and, you know, the girlfriend with the house and the different zip code and all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, it's it's kind of fascinating, but it's like a whole other world from, you know, from, from my experience. Plus, it's stressful. I think that I personally, you know, just the way that I'm wired and built, uh, if I were going month to month, bringing in that kind of money, but seeing it leave to a lot of depreciating assets and not accumulating and compounding over time, I just think that it would, I think it would keep me up at night. So, you know, it just really goes to show that there's a whole spectrum of people out there. And I think that there's a lot that we can learn from him, especially when it comes to his work ethic and his, you know, and his heart and his job, you know, and, and just like the attitude that he has. I think it's great. 
And there's probably a lot that he can learn as well from, you know, being able to have maybe a more long-term perspective when it comes to having his dollars really go to work for him rather than working for the dollars. This question of the week is life or death. This person here, they're about to die and they need to know what to do to help their family. This is a tough subject, but man, it gets into the details and these are some things that everyone needs to do. So, without further ado, here we go. As stated above, I probably have less than a year to live. I'm not looking for any pity and I've seen similar posts like this in the past. I stupidly do not have any life insurance, but I have some significant liquid assets, approximately 150K in savings and 100K in my 401K plan. I recently found out about my fate and would like to set up my wife in the best way possible. I don't have any will in place and frankly, I have really no idea where to start. I'd like some advice on my best possible options, appreciate it. Okay, so this is gonna be a quick one but a deep one because this is a person who, I mean, it's it's tough. I just wanna start out by saying I'm sorry. Like this is uh, an awful place to be. And I think that, you know, I think when you're in these moments, this is rock bottom. This is where the biggest impact could happen. And so, you know, my heart goes out to you, especially to your wife. And I just wanna make sure that we're providing something of value here. So the where to start is, potentially an estate lawyer. I mean, you could start there. You, you know, you, you said you have some liquid assets. I don't know if you've got any other sort of tangible assets where you've got a car, house, all this kind of stuff. Um, an estate lawyer is gonna be worth it because they're gonna ask those kind of questions. They're gonna unpack what your real liabilities and assets are that you're, you're providing. And so um, get a will. You need to have a will. I mean, you can do one of these things online for like next to nothing. Depending on the state you're in, you could just write something out, have it signed. You don't even have to have it notarized in some places. You need a plan in place to protect your wife. Um, make sure that your wife knows exactly what you have, how to get to it. We're talking about um, documents, information, a power of attorney, passwords, logins, all that kind of stuff. And get her named on all these accounts. And so if you've got a savings account, if you've got a checking account, if you've got a 401k, she needs to be both the beneficiary and she needs to be named on these accounts as a signer so that it makes her process as smooth as possible. Now a good, a good planner, a good estate planner, a good money coach, a good advisor is going to help you make sure that you check those boxes, okay? And that's something that you know, we can provide a list of, you know, a checklist for you to kind of go through and, um, you know, at, at request, you can provide one of those directly, but um, the transfers couldn't be as painful or as smooth as you want to make them. So that's where I want to start you with. Now, also, you know, talk to a CPA or two, because there could be some major tax advantages or implications to liquidating things now. We're at the end of the year in 2022, or over the course, if, you, if you've got a year to live, then depending on when you do that now or in the future, that could have a major impact. So, you know, a CPA would be able to really speak into those, um, those you know, tax implications to the moves that you're gonna be making. Um, it can mean something like taking a 401k loan uh, out now to minimize the taxes later on after death, something along those lines. But again, you know, this is something that I would not want to put on 
my loved one's shoulders for them to walk through alone. You wanna make sure that when they have questions and they think to themselves, I don't know what to do, I'm in an emotional wreck, I'm in a bad place, and I have to make a tax decision, that's gotta be the worst place to be put in. So to have someone in their corner that they know, well, I can turn to this person who I trust and who knows what they're doing and can speak into a, a tax problem when it comes up. So having a good tax pro, having a good estate, uh, estate lawyer, having a good financial advisor, having a good money coach is gonna be, these kind of people are going to make the difference for you and your loved ones and, and also prevent anything that could end up hurting in the long run is too. So planning for her financial future is great and you should absolutely do that. But also, while you're healthy enough, if you're able to do something now, um, I think the best ROI for some of this money, once you have a plan in place and once you've had professionals speak into it and bless some of those decisions, I think it's time to spend some of that money and go enjoy your time that you have together because you can, I'm, just, I'm getting misty just thinking about it, you can really, uh, create some memories that are gonna be worth more than any amount of money that you could leave behind for, for your wife. And so, you know, if it's a few hundred or a few thousand dollars that you can spend to create some of those memories, if you're able to travel, travel. If you're able to bucket list, bucket list. I'm talking, it's time to start doing that stuff. I mean, I don't know, create a GoFundMe because you know that you have a life-changing thing happen it's going to be traumatic it's going to be you know it's going to be a trial by fire situation and uh, and you want to make sure that they're set up not just financially but you know you want to leave them with the best possible memories that you have together so if i were to have some recommendations if you're able to travel and you've always wanted to go to let's say one to three places then i think it's time to do that and if you're not able to because of your health then there's so many ways that you can create memories together and still have um, some really profound shared experiences. And one of those for sure is to record your voice in your face. And, you know, if you know, so many people are uncomfortable in front of camera, I'm uncomfortable in front of camera. I, you know, part of me hates doing this and part of me loves it. But you know, if you're able to sit in front of the camera and take some of these thoughts down. There's some great uh, different resources online for sharing uh, parts of your life and your thoughts and your experiences. And, um, and to take some of those memories and to document them and record messages directly to your wife for some of those best and worst times. So I want you to go, oh my gosh, I'm gonna start crying just thinking about this. I want you to go and set up a camera and record a video for every five year anniversary that uh, you'll have with your wife. So when you and your wife hit your um, five, 10, 15, 20, 25 year anniversary, I want you to record a message specific for those time periods. I want it to be heartfelt, just real, encouraging, and and just, just be honest uh, with, with who you uh, look forward to her becoming, even when you're not there in person. And so, you know, I don't know what you believe about the afterlife. I don't know what you believe about where your faith is. Um, I think that is, I think that's hugely important. And frankly, I think those beliefs are gonna inform 
who you are and how you respond to challenges just like this. I think that your faith is going to basically, you know, is going to direct your actions and your beliefs and your, you know, your behaviors in, in the hardest of times. And I can't think of a much harder time than this for the next year, but you can really transform it into a beautiful time. And, and so that would be my, uh, my start to finish recommendations for what you would do in a situation like this. And I'd love for, I love for you viewing this to sound off in the comments. I know there's a, there's a lot of things that we cover that uh, I wish I would have uh, like when it comes to like a term life insurance policy for your wife or I wish I could have when it comes to having some of these things already in place in case something unexpected or unplanned or uh, you know uh, tragic happens in someone's a loved one's life and leaves the other person you know alone in a situation like this so that we can take a lot of lessons from this on what to do and how to prepare to have those right people in your corner to have all that information ready to go in an accessible way to make sure that she has access to everything she needs to so that when those transfers happen that they're as smooth as humanly possible and you know and she's going to need support she's going to need counseling and friends and family and loved ones and she's going to need people that are help, able to guide her mental spiritual physical emotional well-being in the next chapter of her life and so preparing for that financially and logistically and relationally is going to be uh it's just going to be something that makes all the difference in in their life and those are the kind of things that you want to be prepared for regardless of whether you know something good or bad is going to happen to have that base foundation is going to make you know the the, the worst parts smoother and if you can lower the burden in the valley, then it's going to ease your ascent onto the mountaintop of your experiences. And so planning for her financial future is great and you should absolutely do that. Focus on all the other aspects of your wife's well-being, you know, for the rest of her future. And that is going to what that's gonna be what really changes the the dynamic of how the next year goes for you. So I'd love for you watching this to comment and uh, share your thoughts about some other things I may have forgotten and that would benefit a person in this situation.